In the name of Jesus, amen. What's been done has been done. And you cannot change your past. Our failures cannot be eliminated by our present action. We cannot go back in time and fix the mistakes that we've made. Our grief cannot be erased with love today. Our sorrows last for our entire life in this world. And our iniquities, our transgressions, they are many. Being good today cannot make up for what we've done in the past. Acting like we have not sinned doesn't make that the reality for us. Pretending that our sin isn't a big deal because others have done worse is not a good defense in court. Telling people that we can't or won't sin any longer is in fact in itself the sin of lying. We've made our beds and now we lie in them. What we've done, we've done. We cannot change the past. We cannot undo our sin. We have sinned, haven't we? All we together, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. We've done wrong by our fault, our own fault, our own most grievous fault. We are guilty, guilty against God, guilty for not listening to his word, guilty for not using his name correctly, not believing in him properly or fully. We're guilty against neighbor, of hating, gossiping, coveting, murdering, thieving, and dishonoring. We are guilty. There's no diversion plan for guilty sinners in God's court. There's no plea bargaining. There's no get out of jail free card. There's no way to make the counts just disappear. 
Our judge is just. He punishes sin justly. And he has declared it in his word, sinners shall surely die. The prophet Amos has written, all the sinners of my people shall die. Yes, God said all. And last I checked, we fall into that category. That's why today happened. Good Friday. That's why Jesus came. That's why there was Annunciation. That's why there was Christmas. That's why Christ came into the world. Because we could not undo our sin and it needed to be punished. For that reason, God became a man. Not to come and punish you, but rather to step into your shoes and take your place in God's punishment. To serve the sentence that you had earned. To pay the penalty that you had accrued. To make what right what you could not fix. To take the punishment a just God had sentenced you to. God sent Jesus to do this for you. And so he came. He lived a perfect life. He didn't sin like we had. He didn't disrespect God like we do. He didn't hurt or harm his neighbor, but instead he helped and supported them in every single need. He fed the hungry. He made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the mute to speak. He drove out demons. He was holy. He was innocent. He was the exact opposite of us. And yet he takes our place. In baptismal waters, we switched places. And so it is that your guilt became his guilt. His holiness became your holiness. Your sin became his sin. Your transgressions became his transgressions. On him was placed your iniquity. His body carried your griefs. Your sorrows were carried by him. He was stricken, smitten, and afflicted with the things that we've done wrong. 
And when God looked at him carrying our sin, God declared him guilty in our place. And at the same time, set us free. The just God of the universe still demands payment. There's still a sentence for sin committed. It was, as Isaiah said in our reading earlier, the will of God to crush Jesus, to crush him, to wipe him out because of our sin. And that's what happened on this day, a Friday we called good. Jesus was killed for our sin. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Jesus was the chastisement that brings us peace. By his wounds, we are healed. To put it very bluntly, Jesus is crucified because we deserved it. And we live forever in holiness because he deserved it. Yes, it was the will of God to crush, crush Jesus so that you might live, so that you might have peace with God, so that you might not be a slave to sin. God crushed Jesus so that you could live forever in forgiveness. God crushed Jesus so that you might not be destroyed. It was God's will to crush Jesus for you. It is finished. It has been done. It cannot be undone. What he did for you counts forever and ever and ever. You are saved because Jesus was crushed on the cross. And so it is that we gather tonight in this room in this building, with these people, to darken our church, to consider what our sin has done, and how unable we were to undo what our sin had done, and to look to Jesus. We look to Jesus and what he's done. He can undo the past, at least for eternal consequences.
because of his crushing, we have peace, we have life. And although the one who is laid in the tomb at this hour is gone, we look forward to Sunday, to resurrection, to life, when the one who was crushed will be raised, when the one whose wounds healed us will be brought back to life, to live forever. The tomb is not his final resting place, but only his awaiting the resurrection place. Soon, beginning tomorrow evening, we will celebrate the joy and peace and comfort that the raising of Christ brings to us sinners who are forgiven. Because where Jesus is gone, we will follow after. First into death, and then into life. God has promised it. What's been done has been done. And while you cannot change the past, Jesus has died and rose again. Our failures could not be undone by our work, but only by the blood of Jesus. He sets us free to live as Christians today and forever. Our griefs and our sorrows find eternal peace in Jesus. Our iniquities, our transgressions, our sorrows are laid on him for our good. We've made our beds and Jesus took our place by laying in them. What's been done has been done. We cannot change the past. We could not undo our sin. But Jesus could. And Jesus has. Praise be to his name on this most somber night. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.